This podcast may contain adult content and language. Not suitable. Is that right? This podcast may contain adult language. I said it backwards. <laughs> That's a good theme for the backwards. Go for it. Go well, with it's the backwards. Like walking sp- sp- spider one. walk down the stairs. Yes. Freeze or Anyhow, this podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Another episode of Glamazons and Leprechauns, where two women at opposite ends of the height spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society. I am the six foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black. I am the five foot furious Rochelle Sharma. It is our favorite month of the year, and we are talking specifically today about horror. Horror movies. The horror of it all. The horror of it all. The horror of it all. That's with a an H, not a W. Mm, no, I don't know. Sometimes it's with a W. <laughs> <laughs> there are some movies where it is with a W. And um, we brought on a special guest, a friend of ours. She's going to be sharing some of her favorite movies and horror movie experiences. Corinne, hello. Say hello to our audience. Hello, audience. Yay. So, since our previous episodes we have to um report um that sh- we had to say goodbye to shy girl so uh, yes uh, that, sorry. Her shy girl yes that came up uh you know we talked about her problems during our animals episode and yes um she has gone to rainbow bridge with all of our other loving four-legged animals that we've had to say goodbye to over the years so we will miss you shy girl the girl with the resting bitch face we love yeah. you. With that in mind, yes, October is here, and by the time this episode airs, it will be near the end of the month, towards Halloween, my favorite time of the year. And so we wanted to talk about some of our favorite horror movies, or really the some of them that have been the most influential, because I have to say, some are on my list that, that I hate. I can't watch. I can't even see the face of these scary you know, antagonist will say, that's a nice way of putting it without yeah. like getting repulsed and needing to vomit in my own mouth. There's just things I can't look at, but because of that, they've made my list. Right. You know? So before I get into, uh, my, my list of most influential films, what do you have for show? What do you what remember? Do well, see, we, the last, the, during our last episode, you know, my mother was on and we had both talked yes. about leading up to that episode, how both of our mothers saw the exorcist when they were pregnant with us, Yes, which I think somehow has had some sort of effect on my life. I would have to agree with that. I don't know. I mean, I know my mom was a big horror movie fan. And so I saw loads and loads of horror movies, probably before it was appropriate for a child my age oh, to definitely. be watching these types of films. I concur. I have two brothers who only watched horror movies to see all the sex scenes before they could get their hands on porn. I watched way too many horror movies way too young. <laughs> yes, all the slasher films, and we'll get to that. I have a little section on it. All the slasher films had gratuitous sexual violence against women. 
Oh, absolutely. 1980s titty fest. Right. Or the 70s as well, like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Last House on the Left, all those originals. So you remember seeing them, you know, a lot as a kid when you probably shouldn't see them. On that note, I do recall um, around that age seeing the howling play at my aunt's house. And it was during the, the, what do you want to call that? He's at like, he's watching a porn movie at one of those video stores or whatever, you know, and he's, it's, it's like the guy who's the wolf going to be the werewolf and he's watching some porn and she's in there, the newscast, E. Wallace Stone, who was on E.T., who later turns into a werewolf on the news on the air. Right. You remember that? I wouldn't call that a werewolf. She turns into a Pomeranian on the air. Well, you know, <laughs> speaking of, better turn that dog off. He's not invited. That's okay. I can. Well, He's muted now. Well, I made now. a top ten list. Oh, fantastic. The horror movies that either they're my favorites or they really deeply affected me. And then I made a couple of little side lists of some of the, um, what would you call them? The, uh, not necessarily the genre, but the, uh, the topic that the horror movie sort of revolves around that I thought were worth mentioning. Yes, perfect. Some of the topics like uh, zombies, you know, or some of the deeper topics like mother issues and the elderly things that teenagers don't really have a handle on. You did a a complete deep dive. I mean, I made a little, just a comment here that why do people like horror movies or I know why I like horror movies because in some way they're either a political or cultural commentary Um, like representing our fears of the unknown, whether it be disease, fear of foreigners, fear of those who don't look like us, fears of the past, fears of our past actions, fears of violence or individuals who are violent, or fears of not being in control of ourselves. And most of the different um, horror genres out there represent one or more of those things. So... Um, with your list, let's start with uh, some of the things you have on there. Oh, my top ten. Yeah, let's go for oh. it. Is this so? This All is right. your top ten most influential. Number ten was The Fog. Loved that movie. Did you ever see that movie? The, yes, the one from the eighties. They redid it, but it wasn't as yes. good. wasn't as good. No, I'm talking the one from the eighties with Jamie Lee Curtis and. Was Jamie Lee Curtis in that? No. God, wasn't it Jamie Lee Curtis? I'm going to have to uh, IMDB okay. oh, that like right now because we are old. Jamie Lee Curtis but. was in one of mine, but I didn't think I thought she, it was a lady with dark hair like Deborah, Laura, Dio, Corinne. What do you think? You're on mute, Corinne. I muted you because of the dog. Yeah, okay. the fog was great. Uh, but it, yeah, the lady was also in Creepshow. Yes, Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking. But I forgot Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. You are right. Right. Yeah, she's she's Elizabeth in it. So oh, wow. I saw The Fog. I actually didn't see that one in the theater. I saw that one on TV. Um, when I, Where I grew up in Utah, every Saturday night, it would be horror movies on the boob tube. And so we spent a lot of Saturday nights crowded around the TV watching horror movies. And it just so happened that when I watched The Fog with my mother and my grandmother, it was also very foggy outside and very creepy and the big moment where they come into the church to get the preacher 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. At that moment, there was bam, bam, bam on the front door. And we all screamed, screamed bloody murder, scared shitless, and opened the door. And it's one of my aunts. But it was so foggy and the porch light wasn't on that she looked like one of the guys coming through the door for the preacher. So I just kept screaming and it was a delightful thing. So that that checks in as my number 10. Okay, awesome. That did not make my list. I only did a top five because there's Ah. just so many. But yeah, I'll probably have longer narration. So, okay, what's your number nine? All right. My number nine is an older horror movie called Carnival of Souls. Not a great plot pretty good movie but it had a genuine creep factor that really stuck with me all these years it centers around a lady who has a little car accident uh runs her car into a river and she climbs out dusts herself off she heads into this town and everything just starts getting very weird and she starts to see these people following her it's an old black and white movie and they're just very stoic and they've got dark circles around their eyes and they're very pale and they just sort of creep in closer and closer to her as she, you know, goes through this town and tries to go about her business. Well, the final reveal is that she didn't survive that car accident. Oh. And that, uh, yeah, and that uh, these people that she sees are actually, you know, like they're they're coming to wrangle her. Really, really creepy movie really worth the watch if you get a chance just outstanding i haven't seen that but um it sounds like i need to put it on the list for sure you know it's so funny because i wouldn't say that the acting is super good i wouldn't say that the writing is super good but there is a lasting creep factor to it okay that i I just have never been able to shake like that could happen that could happen to me you know (laughs) (laughs) Um, at the the fog when they're coming after the priest you know it's like something coming after you and now the second movie it has a a theme from the fog where it's Mm -hmm. nice connection corinne yes i think i think being pursued uh you know for reasons that are either known or unknown to you is a big theme in horror is there any world you're being pursued by law enforcement because that's the most realistic (laughs) No. Uh, what was the next one that made my number, uh, number, number eight. eight was uh, Paranormal Activity 3 just for some of their really good creepy shots. Isn't that the I one like, where like there's a scene in the kitchen where everything just explodes? Is it that? Is- uh, it is the one that's done back in the 80s when the girls were little. And so there's the scene in the kitchen with the sheet. It looks like the little, like uh, one of the children is underneath a sheet, and then it just poof drops to the floor. Love that one. Um, it's it's the one that kind of outlines why the entity was pursuing the the two women. Right. That one was pretty good. It, that one just had a lot of really nice shots that were really just very creepy. I was like, oh, I like the way they put that one together. Why were they chasing the little girls? <laughs> uh, it turns out Grandma, Grandma was, was a witch. Yeah, was canoodling oh. with some, some witchy poo fun. Yes, messing uh, with, the, with the dark magic there. Um, yes. That, that whole series, I just wanted to, to add, the first one was on Netflix. This was like 10 years ago. 
And I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to see it, but I'd put it off. And I, this is when I, you know, I wasn't married yet. I lived alone. And I watched it. And I didn't think it was that scary when I watched it. But later, later, it, later yes. on, like at night when I was alone, it bothered me. Same thing with The Grudge and a lot of those uh, Japanese horror films because there's not a lot of special effects. We're talking like white makeup on a, you know, a young Japanese boy. There's yeah. not there's not a lot. And our Japanese girl with hair in her face, but but and then uh you know that and then the next thing you know, I'm like I'm scared shitless like a day later. Right. You know. Well, cuz everything starts sounding like that. You open up a drawer. Uh, <laughs> Anyhow, okay, what's your no, what's your number seven? Right, my number seven, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Yes. I saw that one really, really young. Uh, that one kind of stuck with me. It was silly, but there were a couple of really good scenes in it that over the years I think have totally held up and held on to like being, yeah, really kind of still scary for me. Like Johnny Depp in a crop top getting killed in a waterbed. <laughs> Is that part one <laughs> or part two? That's that's part one. Johnny Depp was in part one. Okay. Yeah. But yes, it does have uh, some creepy scenes. And Freddy Krueger in general, like the first time I saw that, there's like no escape because you can't sleep. You can't go to sleep. And then... What I love about the entire Freddy Krueger thing is that you started rooting, or at least I did because I'm weird, but I started rooting for Freddy Krueger pretty much movie number one and on. Like, you wanted him to get everybody. <laughs> I, I think the the one scene that kind of stuck with me for quite some time when I was younger was the scene where he's in the alley. And, and his, his arms, arms are like, yes! The alley. yes! And I think it's because you have to question, are you awake or are you asleep when you're seeing this? How much can he distort reality? And yeah. how much power do you or don't you have when you are in the dream space? So I really really liked Nightmare on Elm Street. That one had a, a long-term effect on me. I agree. I um, like how, you know, the idea was, well, I'll go to sleep and I can pull him out because she pulled his hat out that mm-hmm. time. And I'm like, oh, shit, that can become reality. You know? Right. How, do you, how do you learn this game so you can survive it? You know? Right, exactly. Well, called Dream Warriors. By the way, a uh, theme song made by the band Dokken. Dokken, yes. Why? Uh, but there oh, was I a... love Dokken. <laughs> dream warriors. Yes. <laughs> and they had the kids going into dreams and then like reinventing themselves in the dream so they could defeat him. And I swear the one one I remember the most was a, a girl in her dream had like the big mohawk. Oh, yeah. In my dreams, I'm big and bad. And he, she apparently was an old drug addict. So his way of killing yes. her is his fingers in needles. Yes, and he says, let's get high. And yes, they're all hypodermic needles. Oh, remember? Her little sores on her arms were like little sucking mouths. Ew! <laughs> yes, so but the first one's good. that was a good horror movie, but um, I really think that the first one kind of, he wasn't as goofy in it. And so right. there was a, mu- a much bigger horror element. Right, to it. he was much scarier than the first one. I think the rest of them were, were meant to be funny. That you would yeah. kind of be on his side more. Definitely. Oh my god, the second one was terrible. Awful. Was so, the worst so one. That was so bad. But uh, but it was you know I mean like it had. I saw a really interesting documentary on the second one. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it was super interesting because they're like. 
oh, we realized we might have been trying to make a Freddy Krueger horror movie, but um, we sort of were making an entirely different movie and didn't see it at the time. So if you get a chance, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, there's a documentary about it that's pretty interesting. Uh, let's see, moving on. My number six movie, Stir of Echoes. Really? I love that movie. I love that movie. I really, really do. Um, the acting in it was super good. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Um, but the story itself was really intriguing because I think it was just a different look at a ghost story. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? It kind of reminded me of The Sixth Sense, though. Like, ghosts are sort of, you know, asking for help in some way. You right. know, that's really what it comes down to. Stir of Echoes to. was pre-Sixth Sense. I remember seeing Stir of Echoes with Stir of in Echoes. the movie theater, like, quite a bit before Yeah, I think that. you're right. But, yeah, I think when, I mean, they fall into that same sort of formula where ghosts are trying to ask the living for some sort of help. And in doing so, they scare the shit out of the person. Right. You know, as, as who wouldn't be. But, yeah. So, that's a good one. Let's move into our top five, since now you can join the conversation. Oh, what's thanks. Your number, what's your number five? Well, here's what I wanted to add, that because you mentioned, you know, you were watching scary movies with your mom and your grandma. My grandma and I watched or <gasps> Elvira, yes. Mistress of the Dark, every, what, it was like every Sunday afternoon or something when it would come on, or I don't know. And they were terrible, terrible oh, yeah. B-movies. And uh, she'd always comment on them. Um, Elvira's boobs about to, you know, come out of her, mm-hmm. her, her dress and how bad the movie was, but we watched it anyway. Oh yeah. And then all the relatives, I, I, I know my cousins and stuff, there was always a scary movie on. And when I was living with my cousins for some time, here's what would happen. We'd all fall asleep in the living room and every single time we'd like put on a scary movie to watch and they would all fall asleep and I would be the only one awake watching it. And I wouldn't, um, and then what would happen is I wouldn't want to turn off the TV. So I go to sleep. But then back then is when, you know, at midnight, just at like at the end of Poltergeist, it played the national anthem and the television went to snow. And that was even worse. In fact, you know, at one time we had gone to the movies to see Poltergeist, but anyhow, I, I digress. The fact is snow came on the TV and now I'm super scared and I can't find the remote to turn it off. And I get, I'm the only one awake and it's like everyone's been drugged. Like they're that asleep that they can't be uh-huh. moved. That's terrifying. I'm like, you know, 10, 11 years old. Anyway, so my point is I have lots of memories like that where I was watching a scary movie at, at a relative's house and then later on, like, I, I know I saw something or heard something or had to move from one room to another in a house where everyone is asleep. And it's very scary. All kinds of movies, including Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Now, I had a top, I just had a top five. But after listening to you talk about The Fog and that other, that, what was the Carnival of Horror? Carnival of, Carnival just, of Souls. Carnival of Souls. I can't believe I haven't seen that. But yes, it reminded me of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Now, I had seen, and this isn't the the one with, um, it's not the remake with Katie Holmes. It's the right. old one from the 70s. And I didn't know the name of the movie. All I knew is for decades, I knew I had seen a movie with these cone-headed people. 
there yes there was a movie with these cone-headed little people with black hoods and that I know I had seen like people at a dining room table and a little girl getting scratched by one of them and yep. then and then I remember there was like a shower scene and the lights going out while the ladies in the shower and them calling her name. So it took me forever to figure out what is this? And I'd go to Blockbuster Video. Then I started dating someone. This was what, 2005. And I told him about this movie and he found it. He's like, I think this is the movie. And it was, and it is Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And it's about this couple that moves in to an old house, you know, what else? And for some reason, the fireplace is all boarded up. Like, well, why is that? So they unboard the fireplace and the next thing you know, shit starts happening and her name's Sally and Sally and she starts hearing whispering, right? And then um, she's in the shower. I remember, I remembered that movie. I remember us talking about not knowing the name of that movie. Yes. And I think when we finally figured it out, it turned out it was uh, like a made-for-TV movie, yes, wasn't it? Yes, it is. I don't think it was a miniseries, but I think it was something they had they had played. And I remember seeing that movie as a child, and it scared the piss it out It scared the me. shit out of me. And I remember, right. like, when I lived in um, Tennessee at one point, I, I, I don't... I must have dreamt it, because who wants to think that's real? But I dreamt that I had woken up, from my bed and the bed, everything exactly, you know, where it is. That's why, you know, I want to pretend it was a dream if it was real. And I looked over at the doorway and saw one of those little creatures peeking, peeking behind the door. I lived in terror for like the next six months in that, in that place. Terrified. No, I saw one of those little creatures from the movie. And if you, I'll send it to you after. So you, know what I'm talking about I have a bootleg copy of the movie that my boyfriend at the time got for me I have it because we had to watch it to see if this is a movie and sure as shit it's them and they're these little creatures that wanted to take her to hell and the the entrance to hell is through the the fireplace right exactly through the fireplace and it's scared shitless of fireplaces scared shitless scared shitless so I had to add a number six to my list just for that and again it's more about the impact it had on me and how long it scared me you know as to why it made the list but before that was on the list number five was the shining just because um primarily the the old lady in the shower scene holy shit no way and i had a big wheel um just like danny and i'd ride it around you know the apartment complex where the karate kid was filmed and sometimes when I'd be all alone, even though it was outside, it was in an interior corridor. But if I was all alone and riding my big wheel along those exterior corridors, I'd get that creepy, you know, around the corner is going to be that old naked lady from the shower. Right. Creepy, creepy. Yeah, shining is definitely out of my top five. Is it? Do you have anything to add? Any particular scenes or is the, the old lady shower scene the... Uh, Actually, the old lady shower shower scene didn't bother me as much, um, I think, as him just with the axe running around and how vacant and how large uh, the Overlook Hotel was. And with my family, we used to go up to the Catskills every summer and we used to stay in a place that was really similar. So the crickety floors and the, you know, gaudy looking uh, carpet and sort of that echoing sound of a, of a large place, all of that's kind of 
freaky. <laughs> and I would add to that, um, the look on Shelley Duvall's face during the that door scene is just like sheer terror. Sheer terror, yeah. Sheer terror. Um, so yeah, that stayed with me. That stayed with me um, growing up. And so, so that's number five. Number four, and then I'll, I'll let you do your five and four. Number four is the original John Carpenter's Halloween. From like, what is yeah. that, 78? A lot, the soundtrack. That alone and just the, the fact that he doesn't talk. He doesn't move very quickly, but he just won't fucking die. And he's yeah. going to, he's going to get up and he's going to come again and, and he's just going to be staring at you through the window where, you know, all the sheets are hung up on the laundry and then he's going to be gone. And then he's going to be driving down the street in some car from the sanatorium. <sighs> sanitarium? No, sanatorium. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, sanatorium. Well, like how often does a car, anyway, and he's going to be, he's going to be plotting to come after and he just doesn't stop. He's relentless. And I just remember the preview, even like the opening sequence, just has that that jack-o'-lantern glowing. Yeah. And I don't know why. That is just, that was just so frightening. But again, I was, you know, less than 10 years old seeing this shit. Why are they letting me see this shit? Anyway. I like those genre of movies, though, where the music kind of leads you into like Jaws, Halloween, Friday the 13th. All had music that... Oh, the bad guy's coming. Yes. Mm, the musical indicators. Yes. You yeah. would hear it and you're like, oh, here we go. It's going down. But then when they went to the second or third, they would use the music against you because you would think formulaically, you're listening to the music, the bad guy's coming and then, oh, they open up the door and there's a little kitty cat there instead of the killer. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. What is your, uh, so there's a dog like panting. Not That's yet. your half of mine. <laughs> so it's just the ha ha ha, not the ch ch ch. No, ch ch. Doesn't have the ch ch. Exactly. It's just the first part or second part. All right, what's your. um? My number five? Yes, what's your number five is alive? Uh, my number five was Pet Cemetery. Yes. A um, lot of reasons why that movie was scary, but the biggest reason that that movie bothered me for a long time was the scene where she opens the door and her sister Zelda runs at the camera so quickly. I, you know, that's one of those didn't see it coming. And for a long time after that, I couldn't just walk into a room. If I had to open a door, I'd, I'd wait for a second. Like, is anything going to come out at me? Yes. Um, that got me really bad for some reason. I mean, I'm not saying that the part where uh, Herman Munster gets his Achilles tendon sliced <laughs> off. Don't go down know, that, that was, road. That was pretty, um, that one, you know, got me. I was queasy. The idea of cutting through somebody's Achilles Zelda. But exactly. Zelda, Zelda running at the camera, that stuck with me for a very long time. It made me nervous in rooms I had never been in. Oh, yeah. Like, when's it going to happen? When's she going to run for me? Did you see the new one, the remake? No, I did not. Is it any good? It's did all right. It? John Litgow yeah. is the, uh, you know. Don't... Oh, he's Judd? Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first one is always better. Yeah, of A course. A lot of times, yeah. 
Yeah, I think the sister part was frightening because they kind of made you think that she was only afraid of her sister because her sister was terminally ill and that you kind of assume then that the sister was sort of feeble and poor thing, not realizing that she was hiding in the corner, running up to the camera. And she was saying something, though, to her that was scary, too. And yeah. What was interesting is, like, that was a whole other subplot. It had, like, nothing to do with Pet Cemetery. So I had another one real quick that did not make my list, but it's a it's a mention that must be mentioned, and that is Salem's Lot. And <laughs> primarily for the one scene of the boy coming to the window with his glowing eyes. Danny. Sc- da- scratching at with the window. silver dollar eyes. Oh, my goodness. Just that tapping, that tap, tap, and that uh. smile. I don't like evil things that smile. I have a problem with that. You're not supposed to smile before you kill me or possess me. It's it's like it's maniacal. It's like it has contempt. I, I, it has I intelligence when it smiles. I don't like you know, that. A lot of a, a lot of uh, these, it has you know the creatures. They're driven by either a desire or a hunger. When it smiles at you, it's just enjoying itself. Right, and you're yeah. not supposed to enjoy it. No, that's bad. That's bad enjoyment. All right, what's your next one? Uh, number four checks in with Juwan the Grudge. Yes. Ooh, that one got me for a good long time. Yeah. And like you said, it was the simplicity of it. It wasn't a lot of special effects. It was some, you know, very white makeup. It was a slow, creepy quality to it. Yes. It was the idea that am I being haunted or am I losing my mind? You know, it was very good. And that was, a, that was a big one for me. Did you see Juan first or The Grudge? Because I saw Juan first. Oh, you saw The Grudge first. I saw the, the American release here done with Sarah Michelle, Michelle Gellar. I saw that one first. And then I was like, wow, that's so great. Let me look this up, you know, and uh, went and watched the the Asian. You the know, Japanese Juwan. version. Yes. I saw that. I saw that one first. And I think. They're creepier because I don't know. I'm reading subtitles. It's I'm even like I don't know further separated from the understanding that I have to focus in extra carefully to now read the words and be part of it. And I think because you're laser focused in that somehow I'm even drawn into the plot further. Um, it scared the. It scared the bejesus out of me, as I mentioned, but only after. I'm like, oh, that wasn't too scary. And then later, yeah, what's that head peeking behind the door? I had, a, um, shortly after seeing that movie, I had a mannequin's, a white styrofoam mannequin's head in my room with a wig on it. And it, at night, it was just sitting up on my dresser. Oh, I couldn't look over there at all because I knew it was going to be closer each time. Yeah, you knew it have a face on it that time it open up its eyes and look at you. Yeah, no. Uh exactly. No. All right. That was your number 4? That was my oh. number 4. What's your number? You said your number 4. I said What's my number your four. number 3? Okay, you might be surprised that this is not my number 1, but I I had to move it to number 3. Um and again, this is has nothing to do with favorites, but a movie that has literally just scared the shit out of me most of my life and that's the exorcist and i can't even even as i was looking for uh, my material for our podcast you know sometimes her face pops up especially now that we're getting closer to 
you know, Halloween, her face is popping up here and there. And I'm like, oh, I, I have to look away. It is an instantaneous nausea and fear. And again, she smiles. There's a lot of smiling and I don't like it at all. And it scares my family members, but yet they went to go see it. You know, everyone, everyone went to go see it. And what's interesting is that if you play it now for like the Gen Z's or the millennials, they think it's funny. They don't get it, you know, but then again, I think they're a less God fearing generation and we were grown up into a more of a God fearing generation, whether or not our family went to church or not. There was just that idea that um, there was something evil from hell that was going to possess your body, you know. When we were little, it was if somebody told us, you know, the devil's going to get you. That could, you know. That could happen. That that, that could, oh yeah, no, he will totally. And that's scary. Whereas like, yeah, with my kid, if I was like, oh, the devil's going to get you, he'd be like, all right. Right. And she was a a kid like us. (laughs) And I had a blue nightgown like she had, you know, Reagan had in the movie. Of, of, in my room, my room was set up just like hers. Had the nighty, totally terrified me to the point that I used to sleep on my in my uh, parents' bedroom on the floor because I was so frightened of it. That was to me the scariest movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I on and off slept in my parents' floor till I was like sixteen because I was so scared of that movie. <laughs> I I couldn't sleep on the floor because I'd be looking under the bed for something. Can't do that. But um, I do own the movie. I have like the director's cut. But I can't watch it. If if I put it in, it's like preparing myself for war or something mentally. It's it's a lot. I can't just, hey, let's watch The Exorcist. You know, let's do that for fun. Oh, I can totally get over it now because Linda Blair is a uh, pit bull rescue person in Los Angeles. Well, sure. She's all grown, obviously. But for her to be part of pit bull rescue, I really, really like her. So, you know, you have to remember just, she was just an actor at the time, (laughs) but it makes it easier for me to watch it now because I think, Oh, that's Linda Blair. No, the the last thing on my mind is that the character, the demon person, what is now pit bull rescue when I'm seeing her scary ass face. (laughs) That is the farthest thing thing from my mind. She's very sweet. She's very little and petite and, a big, it's fun, funny to see her with pit bulls because they are much larger than she is. She's a very little petite lady. That somehow makes her more scary, <laughs> knowing she's you tiny. When we used to stay up to watch, what was it on Saturday nights on Sci-Fi? There was that uh, true paranormal show that had Linda Blair and Zelda Rubenstein as the narrators. It was called and Scariest show- Places on Earth. Yes. Yeah, and we would watch it just to hear their scary voices. It was so good. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, that brings me to my number two. And this is really, um, I would have to say, my favorite scary movie of all time is Poltergeist. Oh, absolutely. And that's the original Poltergeist um, with Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson. And I almost watched it today just, just for fun. I watch it often. I wouldn't say once a month, but probably quarterly I watch that movie. Um, I like it for so many reasons. The family is so relatable. You know, um, Toby Hooper directed, but, you know, Steven Spielberg was filming E.T. at the time, and he came around a lot. In fact, those are Steven Spielberg's hands in the scene where the guy's tearing his face off. Really? Yes, fun fact. Those are Steven Spielberg's hands. So he showed up a lot and kind of, you know, 
co-opted the direction we will say and you can kind of see it in the relationship with the family you know Spielberg's really good at developing those relationships and getting those performances out of children and it's just like it could happen to your family it starts with the dead bird and the next thing you know they only move the headstones right <laughs> you only move the headstones so there's I think, I, I think it's interesting that your what was that your number three and your number two yes now those two tied for my number one slot yes. because both of those movies I saw very, very young. I saw Poltergeist in the theater. I saw Exorcist very, very young and they both scared the piss out of me for a very long, long time. Um, the idea of, you know, living either on or anywhere near a graveyard was going to mean that I'd maybe be sucked into a closet you know right. um, I was gosh when did poltergeist come out because I 85. wasn't that much older than the little girl 85 it came out in 85 oh, okay yes. so I was more the the son's age but I wasn't that old and I saw those two movies um pretty close together because uh I just remember like barely being over having the shit scared out of me by poltergeist and then seeing the exorcist and being like well that's it i'm just gonna cash my chips in i'm terrified actually correction on that it was 82 82 when it came out Mm -hmm. yeah because i remember being really young when i saw so i was it scared me bad so i was eight when it came out yeah and so i have a memory of that we had gone to the drive-in my aunt had taken my cousins and I to the drive-in to see Poltergeist. She had a van and opened up the back of the van, you know, and we all had our pajamas on with our sleeping bags and pillows and watched the movie that way. And as usual, halfway through, I'm the only one awake. I don't know where the adults have gone (laughs) every time. And I'm just laying there, you know, in, in the back of this van and in drive-in watching this scary-ass shit on the on the screen. So mm-hmm. that that's really a great memory, though. And the only reason Exorcist wasn't in first place, I mean, it, it was for a long time because it really is this movie that has scared the shit out of me the most. But I had to do some reflection on this and um, reevaluate the number one slot, so... I will reveal that shortly. What my and and then it's going to make sense when I tell you what it is. My number three slot I gave to Evil Dead, first and second one because they were basically the same plot. Although the first one had a couple of scenes that I found really kind of scary. Yes, uh, when one of the ladies gets possessed and uh, Ace of (laughs) Ace of Spades, three of clubs, that whole part. Oh, that yeah. was scary, but no, it's it's where she's possessed and she's singing in this high, creepy voice. Oh, yeah. Not another peep. It's time to go to sleep. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, whoa. So that was a really good, uh, scary movie for me. That affected me for a long time. It kind of made horror a little bit fun. But in, and Sam Raimi does this. Sam Raimi will, in the same scene, scare the piss out of you, make you laugh, and then scare the piss out of you again. He will get you to the height of terror, and then suddenly it'll be very, very funny, and so so you start to laugh at it, and then it goes right back to being scary as shit. 
Yeah. And that's, again, that's, you're not supposed to be smiling and singing when you're going to kill someone. And that's, that's what's creepy. I think uh, creepy about it. It's great though, because I think they did a gag in Evil Dead where one of them picked something out of his hair and then flicked it into the fire. And it was like, as if it was a, a flea. And when the flea hit the fire, it went, like yeah, that. which is so <laughs> Sam Raimi. If you ever watched Xena Warrior Princess, that's so one of his gags. Mm-hmm. My number two slot I gave to probably one of the worst horror movies of all time. So it was all about how old I was when I saw it. It was a terrible old movie called Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. <laughs> and it was the very first zombie movie I ever saw. Um, watched it Saturday night. I was with my cousins, of course, just like you, Tracy. They're all zonked out, and I am wide awake watching this movie. And I was very young. I was probably four or five. Scared the piss out of me. I was terrified of zombies for the longest time because of that movie. I went back and rewatched that movie as an adult and was like, oh my God, how were you ever scared of this movie? That is literally the worst zombie makeup i have ever seen in my life and the acting was god awful terrible but it definitely did have a very long lasting effect on me i was really terrified of zombies probably well into my early teens because of that movie are you scared of them now i have friends that they they will not watch zombie movies at all it scares the hell out of them oh there is no scary movie i won't watch I would, I'm, not, I'm not scared of them now. I will say that I do think it's interesting that zombies have gotten faster. See, I used to yeah. watch zombie movies and be like, okay, this is how I would survive in the shopping mall, you know. Right. How exactly. I will survive in, you know, a boarded up house. Yes. I had my, oh, I can get past this. And I want to say that it was the remake of Dawn of the Dead where the zombies started running. Like, the favorite scene in the remake is where they wheel that fat lady in in the wheelbarrow, right? And she's, like, wheezing, and she's bloated, and clearly hasn't taken care of herself a day in her life. That bitch dies and comes back as a gymnast, okay? (laughs) She she (laughs) was a little death, and now she's a goddamn ninja because she comes up out of that wheelbarrow and, you know, hoofs it. So, yes, thank you, remake of Dawn of the Dead, for making zombie movies scary again. Like, was that it, movie scared me. Is that, I'm like, oh, shit, they work out. Is that when they started uh, to get fast, or was it the movie yeah, with... 28 Days Later yes, is when that's it super fast. 28 well, Days see, Later. I consider that exactly a zombie movie, because that... I mean, it kind of is, but that one is more about rabies, because that's what 28 Days Later was about, where... They're, they were goofing with rabies and um, no no well I think 28 days later was how long it would take for them to starve to death right, right. but they never died they were not actually dead they were infected with rabies it so was rabies dead and come back right yeah because there was something to do with in the beginning of 28 days later where it's some experiment with monkeys, mm-hmm. monkeys right left the monkey. yeah so it was a they type were, of rabies it is a type of rabies now it falls into it's the same subtext in a lot of way, yes but they're not actually dead we're not dealing with the, the you know walking biting dead here right but it has the same socio-political 
subtext, civil unrest, the, yeah, the destruction, yes, mass sure. contagion on a global level, a dystopian future, us versus sure. them, all of that stuff. And they were really fast in that uh, World War Z. Oh, yeah. Like, they started flying in World War Z, and that's when zombies stopped being scary again. Because I'm like, oh, no, I saw one guy jump and, like, clear horizontally jump like seven or eight feet to somebody and i'm like yeah that's not happening what's the new one that's scary (laughs) what's the new one that's out right now um it's uh korean not train to boost it's a new one it's like a uh, alive alive yeah it is amazing it's great there's another one too though that we just watched it's like a sequel to if it's if alive is a sequel to train to busan this is another one I'll have to, yes, fantastic. And that's another thing I want to say is that I really love how all there's just been a surge of horror movies really in the past, you know, decade. And typically at times of unrest in our society, like, you know, during the 50s and the 40s, movies are where we turn and horror and sci-fi is especially where we turn because we want to escape from the realities of what, of what's going on around us. So I think that is why currently our culture is experiencing a surge in horror movies because we really need an escape from everything else that's going on around us. So like, yeah, we need a safe scare because we're scared of things that are going to like totally out of our control. So we need a safe scare. Right, An something outlet. something that quote-unquote can't happen. But, you know, uh, ask my family, as you know from our last podcast, some of that shit does indeed happen. But even with The Conjuring and then the Annabelle series and um, Insidious, all of those uh-huh. are really good. Sinister, things that I don't like, and I, I don't know, you really wouldn't call them horror are things like the purge because I think our society is actually close to that shit happening right now as far mm-hmm. as civil unrest goes at times. So that stuff right. doesn't uh, bother me so much um, as the others. But um, real quick, what? so your number one were, were Poltergeist well, and the Exorcist tied? Yeah, I, okay. I revealed those, that those two t- uh, tied for top spot. What's your number one? So this is no surprise when you think of it, but my number one is Jaws. And oh, mm-hmm. now, oh yeah, now it makes sense. Jaws has Jaws destroyed my life in a way, yeah. or it really has. Um, I couldn't go in the deep end of a swimming pool, and I'm paranoid about the ocean, but determined to overcome it. So this is why I do my shark cages and what I've never missed a shark week. And I swim with the whale sharks, all kinds. And yes, my number one fear is being eaten alive by a great white shark while drowning simultaneously. And I think that's legitimate if I keep going into the ocean to face my fear. But and, and with that, I, I my number one like bucket list item is to get in the shark cage with the great whites i want to see this shit up close so i can face it there's some sort of power in the facing of it but at the same time it is the scariest realistic you know non-demonic non-ghostly thing i can think of and it frightens me 
sharks on It's me. not the same. Oh, it's, not no, the same. That is not the she's same. Gotta, she's got to get out there, we have get to... in that cage, knowing full well that cable could snap because we saw that movie. <laughs> yes, 40 meters below. Tracy knows. Yep. I got I got hit in the uh, the ribs by a shark fin when I was swimming in the Long Island Sound. So. <laughs> I wouldn't swim there anymore, Corinne. I showed you the shark map. You stay out right. of that water. They don't want us. They want seals. No, they're they... Yeah, but have you seen me? Guess who looks like a seal in the water? That's why I say <laughs> no thank you. If you're underneath me in the water and you look up, this shit looks just like a seal. I'm about the same length yeah, as a seal. No, I'm roly poly want... like a seal. No, no, no. no, no I no. just don't want people to hate on sharks. And oh, like, no. Oh, I don't no, hate no. I love I sharks. That That's it. I am like... You know how they sing that that song, Bootylicious. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. The sharks are like, no, I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready for, for the jelly. jelly. I'll have that, that jelly on my toast. Yeah. Exactly. No, I I love. You know, I, they're fascinating. They're older than dinosaurs. They're amazing, and because of that, they are dangerous, and I'm scared. But I want to sure. not be scared. They're primal. You can't. It's totally. You can't well, you know, reason. There's no talking your way out. And of it. and I must add too. Yeah. They look like they're smiling. They're it, cheerful. Cheerful little Like, fighters. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I might eat you. I'm feeling a little hungry. Let's go to the buffet. I don't think they sleep a lot, so I think they're grumpy all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, that movie, everything about it. Um, and I'm just so drawn to the ocean, too. So it's just like this thorn in my side that I have to deal with all the time. Like, my most favorite thing in the world is tainted by the most scariest thing i wish i could just go out and swim and no i can't i see the lady in the opening scene with her feet dangling and that scene from underneath those are the greatest scenes and with that you know we watch jaws a lot just like poltergeist i pop that movie in at least a couple times a year um, so yeah, that's my number one. There are very um, many honorable mentions. Um, Alien and Aliens we watch a lot as well. We put it on at night because it's so quiet. It's good to go to sleep to. Um, as well as uh, Prometheus. I don't really like Aliens 3 or 4 because the CGI is bad. But 1, 2, and Prometheus um, I thoroughly uh, enjoy. I would say that my honor- honorable mention, because I don't think the whole movie is... <laughs> that scary or that great but i think there's a couple scenes in it uh omen yes i uh i have a really deep fear of like monkeys and apes and i attribute that to the scene in the omen where what is it the baboons are all over the car yes are they macaques they're either baboons no they're they're baboons doesn't it make you kind of want to go to a park like that though where no uh -uh. no 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 uh -uh. mm-mm because I, I would get to a point where I'd be like, nope, I saw this shit in the omen, and I would hit the gas, and there would be flying angry baboons everywhere, and I'd be running over, like, other park visitors' cars. I'd know. Uh-uh, I have no desire to do that. I did not like that scene. I saw that movie in the theater when I was a kid, so that's probably why. But, yeah, that particular scene is my honorable mention for sure. We agree. Teal and I, anytime like we do something for one another, we the comment is, it's all for you. It's all for uh-huh. you, Damien. Yeah, that's just part of our uh, shorthand, as he calls it. Sure. <clears throat> um, so, Corinne, you've uh, been, uh, I can see you cracking up, but um, you're muted. So, do you have any mo- movies you'd like to add 
Oh, sure. Uh, okay, a movie I recently just rewatched was American Werewolf in London. <gasps> yeah. Great movie. And it holds up. It definitely yes, it does. held the test of time. Um, a recent movie I watched, uh, which is a kind of a newer movie called It Follows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't think that was too bad. Um, what's the other one? I really like uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, uh, but I will, my honorable mention is, it's a movie that I'm in, Crumpus the Reckoning. Yes. <laughs> oh, my. I've watched, I've seen I'm you. I'm Nurse Franklin. <laughs> I'm the nurse to the demonic child, so. Corinne Grimm, Krampus the Reckoning. Find it now on Amazon Prime. So, uh, <laughs> one thing that I wanted to bring up when we talk about horror movies is how many times horror movies will focus on a particular topic speaking of something that we love and twisting it um i think there are a lot of really good horror movies that revolve around mother issues yes having issues with you know with your mom or somebody else's mom like psycho list of psycho psycho Psycho, friday the 13th yes um Let's see. Hereditary was a really good movie. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. It definitely, I mean, it scared me. There were a couple of really deeply oh, yeah. creepy scenes. When you when um, you take your own neck off with a piano wire, like, yeah. that's hardcore. While you're staring somebody in the eye. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. But um, I'll never see Tony Collette in the same way again. No, definitely not. Um, let's see. What was another one that I thought that was really good? Another- oh, did you ever see the movie Goodnight Mommy? No, but the title uh, sounds oh, scary as shit. That's a good one. Um, very like slow moving. You're uh I don't remember if it's Swedish or what. You gotta read it, but it's a great horror movie about these two little boys and their mother, who has recently had some sort of cosmetic surgery, so her face is all oh, bandaged up. Like I have mommy. seen it. I have seen that. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Good movie. Really good movie. Um, in the 80s, there was that movie called Mother's Day. Sort of in the whole, you know, cannibalistic family killing vein, but but a decent, you know, old slasher flick. The movie that I liked that I think was kind of about mother issues, that movie Witch with the two Vs at the start. Yes, that was pretty good too. Yeah. That was really good. And I call that a... a a movie about mother issues because I think what we see with the main character is that her mother is kind of checked out um, and doesn't come to her rescue. So I'm going to plop that into the mother uh, issues category. category. Mm-hmm. Now there was the movie Baba Duke. I did not yeah. exactly care for that one. I didn't think it was as scary as everybody else did. But I do think it's a Mother Issues horror movie just because we see, you know, the main character is a single mother who is in mourning and how she deals with this movie as it unfolds. So that was kind of that was kind of an interesting one. I didn't think it was as scary as everybody else did. I watched it and I was like, eh, it was a decent movie. Do you have more mothers? Harry. Oh, yeah. Carrie is mm-hmm. a mother issue horror movie. Big time. I'm just looking at Carrie right now on the um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes list of top 100 films. And Carrie, Carrie is number 37. 
So what do you think? I think uh, horror movies about moms, that's a, that's a pretty good thing because that's something that we love and we trust kind of unconditionally and to think that that could be the source of our terror. Right, or betray you. You know what, Eli yeah. Roth, they did not talk about the genre of mother um, in their um, history of horror. That would be definitely be a nice conversation and to cover all those movies like Psycho and everything else that well, you mentioned. I think I do, I do think it's interesting because there are not as many dad-based horror movies. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure there are some. I can't think of anything really right off the top of my head, but there's a ton of mother. that either directly mm-hmm. or indirectly go back to the the fear of that mother figure betraying you or harming you in some way. And I think that that's because of the power dynamic. Like we would expect yeah. the father to be a person of authority. So there's less fear there because you already expect it, perhaps. Or maybe there's more fear if your father took on the punishment role. They're kind of distant and they also dole out the punishment. So there's not that. Um, There was um, the stepfather. Remember the stepfather? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you could also say in the movie It that Beverly's dad, you know, certainly Beverly's Beverly Marsh's dad was, you know, and certainly we see that type of character, the abuser. In the male uh-huh. figure, but yes, correct, and you don't see too many horror films centered on a fatherly, um, other than the stepfather, none other come to mind. I'm sure they're out there, but there's not as many, we'll say. No. Well, what other categories did you break things up in uh, besides oh, mother? Uh, another category that I find there are some pretty decent horror movies in, the elderly um, some older ones like Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte yeah. and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, love Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Ooh, the scene with the rats. But um, <laughs> one really great horror movie that centered on, you know, quote unquote, the elderly is I saw a movie called The Taking of Deborah Logan. Yes, it's that so scary. Ooh, I got really the chills just now. Frightening. It is. Um, and yeah. I have not been really frightened by a movie in a very long time. But it sta- it starts out really in a situation, I think because of my ability to connect to this movie, um, being the same age as the daughter, dealing with a mother that she thinks is in the grips of dementia or Alzheimer's and her increasingly bizarre behavior that she just kind of keeps trying to cope through. Like, oh, she has these outbursts, you know, but she has this dementia. And then it just keeps escalating in more and more terrifying ways. I thought that was an excellent movie. Scared the piss out of me. Loved it. Yeah, I can't watch it again. It bothered me. It bothered me. It it does. It really does bother me. But I think it's because I think it's very relatable for me. Um, Did you see the movie The Visit? I was just going to mention The Visit because old people are are smothering their dirty poopy diapers in their grandson's face. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. uh, Terrible. That was a... Really frightening movie. Uh, it starts out a little cheesy, but it goes places. It really does. Um, when they were kind of peeking out and they see the grandmother just sort of like wandering through the house at night. Ooh, Is she yeah, naked? Because that that's always scary. Any of these new, newly scary movies that have the elderly walking around with no clothes on. It's quite frightening. 
Uh, right, like in um, gosh, that what's one that, that we scary on Netflix. Netflix? Yes, the French. The French one, Mad? No, not Madeline. Not... Marianne. Yes. Oh man. Oh and my I goodness. Think you know, some of the really frightening scenes in it did deal with older people being in, I don't want to say inappropriate situations, but doing things to the, the main characters that are disturbing and uncomfortable. You know, when the mom urinates. In I was just going to say, yeah, don't walk around do urinating at that? night, right? If I yeah. saw my mother, you know, just squatting in the kitchen naked, peeing, like, I'm running out. Like, I don't know what's right. going on with you. I'm getting in the car and going. You're fucked. Because I'm not staying around. You're oh, obviously possessed. Muted. We can't, I can see her laughing, but I can't hear her. But it's true. Yeah, it's no. true. And yeah, I saw the visit. I, I was like, what? But any direction that, that they put the film directed through a keyhole, and you just see a little old lady going back and forth. Yeah, it completely freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Really. Um, it does, and it touches on things like our fears about being older sure. and not being in control of our body, but yes. also our fears of dealing more directly with our aging parents and them having issues that do make us uncomfortable. We do have to face the fact that, and, and I don't say this to be vulgar, but we may be cleaning our parents up the way they cleaned us when we were babies. And it's something that we not only have to deal with, but we have to think, okay, next generation, who's going to be doing this for me, you know? And then they, and then they put the horror twist on it. where like, uh Oh, mom doesn't have dementia. She's actually possessed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it is really frightening. And then to, yeah. the, uh, to the other end of that, the many, many horror movies that we have that deal with children. Yes, of course. We're in charge of them, but we don't always know what they're thinking. Children of the Corn, Children of the Damned, yeah. Exorcist, and you know, they... children. Annabelle deals with yes. children. Um, Insidious. Yeah, Insidious. Right. That's a child um, poltergeist um, because they're the innocent. And, and most well, of those have to do with the corruption, betrayal, of the of the innocence all of those types of things or just not knowing you know you're taking the other stance like you don't know what a child's capable of right well here's well here's what i was gonna say i watched this really really good spanish horror movie called veronica it was about a preteen girl and she uh goofs off with her friends with a ouija board you know like uh oh opens that gateway and then she lives in an apartment with her younger siblings. Her mom works a lot. Things are starting to go bad. She's attempting to cover it up. So it also kind of plays on that. Kids are kind of dumb and they'll get themselves into situations and they'll try to cover it up. And the situation just begins to escalate out of their control quickly. And by the time we as parents find out, it's a complete fucking shit show of demons, you know? <laughs> so it is... It's a little bit about that. There's a typical um, genre within horror that we haven't talked about, and that's vampires. Oh, vampires. Well, see, I, I'm not scared of vampire movies. Me I either. I think they're fun, well, but also anymore. I wasn't scared of The Shining. I, I wanted to go to that motel real bad, even if it meant looking at wrinkly, rotten old lady butts. <laughs> I still wanted to be there. But yes, yes, <laughs> let's talk about vampires because... There are a lot of vampire movies. Have any of them actually scared you? 
No. Salem's Lot. Other than I Salem's Lot as a kid. A scary vampire movie. Yes, but as as vampires have evolved, they're now like our next door neighbors, like, you know, Edward, you know, who sparkles well, like diamonds in the sun. And then we had like <laughs> True Blood where they just wanted equality. You know, God right. hates fangs. So my first experience with vampire movies were the old, old Van Helsing hammer flicks. You know, Christopher Lee. Um, do you remember? Yeah, Christopher Lee. Yeah. He'd turn around and he'd have the blood red eyes. And he would have like one or two brides. And they were just kind of wandering around in sexy, flimsy nightgowns until their fangs came out. And then they got blood red eyes. And Dr. Van Helsing, Peter Cushing was, you know, making an attempt to stop them and loved right. those movies. I would say the way vampires have been portrayed in our culture for the most part, they're seductive and we want to either be seduced by them or want to be one. I'm thinking even back to Fright Night, the original, like Chris Sarandon was hot, right? Yeah, he was. He was I see Corinne nodding. Looking. Chris Absolutely. Sarandon was hot and I was only like a teenager and I was like, oh, he can bite me. I'd be okay with that. And right. then we had the Lost Boys, you know, everyone wanted to, I, I wasn't so much key for Sutherland, but I, you know, when Jason Patrick started to turn into a vampire, like I wanted to be star. Sure. You know, I think it's I think it's interesting because I think the sexy vampire kind of debuted in the 80s. The vampire flicks in the 70s, the vampires weren't super sexy when they were in, you know, full vampire. Like Christopher Lee was the first one that was like, oh, he's good looking. But then you're right. Frightening came out and I was like, that's what vampires look like. I am so down for that. He had icky fingernails, but I could look past (laughs) that. I can look past that. He was good looking. Let's not forget an interview with a vampire with uh, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Sure, but I take or issue. Love it you first bite. Yeah, that was com- more of a comedy, I'd say. I don't think right. George Hamilton that was, was really a, a vampire sex. flick. Yes, it was uh, a vampire let's flick. Let's see. But, what was one of my you know, favorite vampire flicks? Near Dark. Yes, Near Dark. Um, um, you know, I was a big, I, I still am a big Anne Rice fan, but certainly by that time I had read um, several of her books including the witching hour and it was after reading the witching hour that was like I need to go to New Orleans and it was you can say it was because of Anne Rice that I started going to New Orleans in the first place right. so I was very particular when the movie came out along with many of her fans as to the casting of that movie because we had other people in mind than Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt frankly right. my choices were Daniel Day Lewis and Julian Sands a little ah. bit more exotic of course, then Julian Sands might have been a little too old, old but still, you get the I idea. Was Julian Sands too, because but I didn't think Tom Cruise had the had right it. Face. And now that you've seen Witcher, you know, I'm thinking, well, Henry Cavill could have done an excellent Lestat in my mind. You know, it's just someone with a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a Byronic hero edge to them. Someone not so, I don't know, popular. Someone a little bit on the on the fringe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so yes, interview, yes. But once again, these are after reading all those books, you want to you want to be a vampire. You know, you're right. not you're not afraid. You want to be in that club. You want to be part of well, that. I, I think it's because as we moved into the 80s, the vampires started getting lines in the movies. 
you know, whereas uh, a lot of stuff before that, like Salem's Lot was a genuinely scary vampire yes. movie because the vampire didn't talk. He popped up looking like Nosferatu with those weird, creepy fangs. He would bite your friends. They'd show up floating outside your window, scratching on it, talking to you. Oh, my God, in Salem's Lot, when they burned that chick's forehead with the cross made out of the tongue depressors, that scared <laughs> the fuck out of me. I was like, uh-uh, no, no, vampires are not cool. But yes. Then I saw Lost Boys, and I was like, oh, vampires make my panties want to right. fly Right, and then we all vampires saw... Vampires are cool. Yeah, we all saw, um, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and that was it. I mean, everyone was just hot for Gary Oldman um, in that movie. Uh, not me. Gary Oldman is a withered old person who looks like they're sucking on a lemon. I do not find him attractive. <laughs> I, I would say that many found him attractive when he was in his young, you know, long hair Victorian look with the little eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, Corinne shaking her head. I would say yep. many would agree, though. And they love just I'm the gothic. actor, but yes. I, yes, he I is. kick him out of bed, no problem. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would he kick him out. He's a great actor, don't get me wrong. I you know, but you and I take acting at all. You and I take issue with Gary Oldman because of what, yes. what happened at Ikea when we saw him. So Right, I've know. been personally offended by Gary Oldman. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yes, back to the vampires. They represent seduction, intimacy, mm-hmm. also fear of foreigners because... In the original Bram Stoker's Dracula, the novel, there's a lot of um, narration about how he wants to fit in. So, but he wants to assimilate, you know, from right. his culture into into English culture, and so there's a right. fear of that, and also a fear of female sexuality. We have, you know, the three vampire seductresses that you know seduce Jonathan. And all of that type of stuff. So there's a fear Let's of like. Let's just point up how easy it was to seduce Jonathan. Right. right with yeah, that he's said. He's real faithful. All it took was three <laughs> whores in a castle and he's done. <laughs> because he is made powerless in the face of any type of female seduction. Because Mina was very, you know, um, Virginal? Coquettish. Yes, yes. virginal, mm-hmm. coquettish, all of that. These three vampire seductresses were like, mm, hey, baby, and they lick their fangs, and he's done. He's totally seduced. He's done. He's powerless. I'd like to add that my cat is named Mina Harker, but mm-hmm. when she tries to sneak out at night, we call her the Bloofer Lady. She's more of a Lucy. Bloofer Lady. <laughs> yes, that's what she is at night when she starts her pussy riot at 7.30, and from then to right. like 10 o'clock, she's crazy and she wants out, and then she's the Bloofer Lady. When she comes home all burnt up and stinky. <laughs> Don't you still love me? <laughs> Basically. Um, so, yeah, earlier I was talking about how I really like all the horror movies coming out right now and all the remakes. It was excellent. Both the It's were great yes. and scary. What would you say is the representation for those types of just monsters? Because you can say the ghost is... Um, the the past is not through with us. It's you know sure. fears fears of the past. Demons is not being control in control Absolutely. of oneself. And zombies we have um, you know so socio political unrest, dystopian future, and slasher films. We didn't talk much about, but slasher films were really looked down upon for being you know se- sexually objectifying women. But the thing about that it was there was always a final girl. You know, I always looked at slasher films as punishing you for having impure thoughts 
because yes. the final girl was often virginal. Right, this is true. a lot of the early Sex equals were, death. Sex equals death, yeah, right? Yeah, sex equals death. Yeah, the Friday the 13th movies, it was sort of that, that was their formula. Like, the virgin right. stayed alive. The minute you yes. had sex, you died. Right. right, so it equaled female empowerment. But there were some, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, or Last House on the Left, where I don't know, were they virgins or not? Or it was just like, you're being chased and, and right. there's a lot of violence. And But there's someone who's going to fight back. A female's going to fight back and win or escape. I think, I think what it tells us is, you know, if you get into this situation, for Christ's sakes, don't fuck anybody or you're never going to make it to the end. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't hump your way out of that situation. This might be the only situation in your life where you can't hump your way out of it, but... Sorry, that was my phone. You know, with that, on that note, with that scary uh, music, we should probably call it, this is our extra, our extra large horror episode. And yes, we could probably talk on and on about this forever. But at this point, we've covered all of our uh, top 10 and top five and yeah. uh, honorable mentions and genres. And um, what, are you, what are you looking forward to watching this Halloween I have to say that usually every Halloween I put Evil Dead on the television to watch while I'm handing out the candy. Yeah. Because I've seen it so many times, I can just go to the door and throw candy at children and then, you know. That one scares me. Again, the the demons, I can't have just demons on at random. So, no, I can't, I can't have that one on. But I can have Poltergeist <laughs> or Annabelle or something on. I'll usually put it on because of all the screaming. It's like my own personal scary house soundtrack. It's usually a nice (laughs) night. The doors and the windows are open. There's all sorts of screaming. And then there's them chanting the incantation. You know, when they turn the the, uh, the reel-to-reel on right. and uh, the, the missing dad starts chanting, it's it's very frightening. It makes a good background soundtrack for all the little kids coming up to my house. You know, you... Kanda, Kanda, oh, you're some candy <laughs> kid, you know? <laughs> I was asking my mom last night, do you think there'll be trick-or-treaters this year with the COVID? Yes, I do. I think uh, a lot of people are just going to be ready to get out of the house for five minutes uh, and walk around with their kids. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff like people are putting together candy slides where yeah. you can just sort of like have the kid pick up the piece of candy at the end of the shoot. Yeah, we're, we're, I think we're going to make something like that, you know, because I have that balcony in the front of my house on the top. Mm-hmm. So I think we're either going to put it in a bucket and lower it down and dress up like pirates or something or create some sort of shoot where I just put put the candy right. down and they just have their bag put open bag under the shoe. so I don't have to just touch anybody. <laughs> I did see, I, yeah. yes, I saw a meme where people were suggesting, um, slingshots for the candy. And I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can span six feet with a piece of candy into some kid's bucket. I don't aim that well. I, I probably not a good time to practice. Yeah. Well, but, just don't give out dum-dums and you won't put anybody's eye out. You are what you eat. I try not to eat the dum-dums. <clears throat> um, I like dum-dums, but the stick can be hazardous. That's what she said. So with that in mind, <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, write to us at feedback at galpodcast.com. That's feedback at galpodcast.com. We won't make you spell leprechaun, but if you want, you can watch it. Oh, come on. Let's make Jennifer spell Aniston. leprechaun. It'll be fun. <laughs> We'll make it a drinking game. Every time she gets a letter wrong, we'll make her take a shot. She'll be dead by the end of the word. (laughs) All right. We'd like to thank our special guest, Corinne, for uh, chiming in. Thank you, Corinne. 
Thank you, ladies. And uh, we'll talk at you later. Have a happy, spooky Halloween season. <laughs> Woohoo! Bye. Bye.